First and now, your official BC Lions podcast for the first time in the year 2024. What a great year it could shape up to be. Matt Baker alongside Nick Kowalski. Back at it. How, feels good, man. What's going on? Feels good, but we're in the dog days of winter right now. What's going on here? Well, we're like the only ones in this office, right? Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, let's uh, let's in, let's get a party it, it going. It is Friday. It is Friday. It is Friday. <laughs> I don't even know. Well, I came in here to do this podcast. I was about to say, like, we've had a couple days of quote-unquote snowmageddon in the city and uh, recording this on a Friday morning. Uh, decided to leave the car, but SkyTrain, a bit of a slushy walk. Be careful out there, everyone. It's The rain's coming. It's going to turn to slush. I saw at least a couple of atmospheric rivers around our practice facility. I got a bunch of booters. We ran into each other on the way in. And yeah, I got a bunch of booters on the way here. I was I was not expecting that because you see the snow on the ground, but then you step on it. Well, and you're, it's wear, you're compl- wearing freaking tennis shoes, bud. Come on, you got to well, get the. Oh, yeah, it's not that cold. Well, That's it's not that not, cold, not but you want to you want your feet to be dry on a day the, like this. The this is the West Coast version of it, man. <laughs> Once the rain comes, all hell breaks. Snow loose, that when so. you step in it is actually water. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I was sweating when I got inside here. Same, you know? and my feet are still wet. Yeah. I've <laughs> been here for an hour. <laughs> Moral of the story, uh, be careful out there. And it's funny, This we had kind of a first round of this last week. I was still off. Yeah. And um, it was one of those where it started. I was supposed to go out to Richmond. So driving down one of those hills in Burnaby, we get halfway down, and my wife says, we're not doing this. Turn this car around. We're supposed to go out to Richmond uh, to get our daughter from uh, my parents' place. So it ended up being one of those uh, sleepover nights for her, which was great for us and her because she has a lot more fun with her grandparents than she does her parents. It's funny how that works, eh? I think we can all relate to that from uh, being youngsters. But yeah, and then in the time it took for us to get back home, 10, 15 minutes, I think we saw three fender benders on this same hill we turned around. So yeah, that comes with it scary. (laughs) It's scary. But it could be a lot worse. It like could be across, a lot worse. It's, it's, this is going yeah. on everywhere. Look at the rest of Canada. Well, you know, 30, minus 50 in Alberta. 35 below in Edmonton or whatever yeah. it was Ugh. last week. Yeah. So. It's like minus 50 with the wind. It's So it could be worse. And for my last comment is that I'm happy and thankful I live in the mainland. Because yeah. it is, for Canadian winter, it is as good as it gets. Could be living in Winnipeg. Could be worse, right? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we got f- okay, okay, Moj. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm not gonna go that far, but um, yeah. So, in a lot has happened since our last recording. I think our last one was right before Christmas. We're talking about Ryan Phillip. We're talking with Ryan Phillips, uh, coaching staff being back. Go back and listen to that schedule. one. Yeah, schedule RP was fantastic. Uh, wherever you get your podcast here, your favorite platform. We're on YouTube. We're all over the YouTube platform, Nick. So. Um, yeah, great interviews with Phillips, and we're going to be bringing you these podcasts at least once uh, every couple of weeks between now and free agency, February the 13th. But we have a lot to discuss today. Assistant GM Ryan Rigmaiden, he's a busy guy these days. Uh, we'll talk with him in a few minutes, but we want to get his thoughts on some of the key pieces sticking around. Again, all of this in the last two, three weeks. I might as well go in chronological order here. Uh, BC Lions trying to put the best field team on the field as per usual. Uh, I know a lot of the the talking heads out there. You know they'll talk about urgency. Grey Cups in Vancouver. You're wearing your Grey Cup Festival shirt, Nick. For those watching this podcast, um, every year is a Grey Cup. 
year. The goal is to get there every year. Yeah, is it going to be special to possibly play in at home? Absolutely. But the urgency leading up to that process doesn't change. And the first signing of 2024 two-year extension for the kickoff return yards leader, Terry Williams. Big special teams can come up big in big games and scary Terry's back. Yeah, and he's someone who, in crunch time, he's delivered, right? You think about that Ottawa game where he had that 120-yard missed field goal return to give us a chance to come back and win that game. You go back to two seasons ago in the playoffs when you had that uh, missed PAT return. Winnipeg, uh, yeah. Winnipeg, so he's delivered in some pretty clutch moments. Um, Great person in the room, too. Great individual. Someone that always has a smile on his face. Fits in really well in that receiver room because he also is a receiver. We've seen him catch a couple balls last season, so happy to have Terry back. When you think edge rushers with this team last year, Nick, uh, you think Matthew Betts, uh, David Menard, of course, the Canadian duo, but Sione Tuhema, one of these guys that came to Kamloops a couple years ago, was just a name on a depth chart, made the team, and he's contributed greatly. Uh, Seven quarterback sacks, I think that was second overall on the team, second or third, 37 defensive tackles, a couple of big fumble recoveries, that crazy game against Winnipeg here, October 6th, the crazy the gravy bowl, 15 quarterback sacks in two seasons. This is a guy that plays with a high motor, and this was an important guy to get done. Might not be the guy that jumps off the page in the stat sheet, but he makes a lot of plays. Yeah, that's because he is a very underrated player at this point. You just said 15 sacks in two seasons. He also makes some big plays in the run game too. Uh, someone who was also um, pretty big in the locker room too. Uh, if, if you've been watching Arrow Up, he, he's the one that actually started the four square game that literally these guys played Huge. every single day. Huge. So uh, he br- he brings all that too to the team and um, a valuable piece. He's, he's a younger piece too. So I know they're excited about him for from years to come. And again, happy to have Sione back. Heck of an individual. One of those guys, he seems quiet off the field, but definitely has a personality. He has that and he's, he's a fierce guy yeah. once he straps on those pads. He has a switch. <laughs> yeah, he does. He definitely does. We'll talk about all the receivers uh, at the end here, but back to special teams. Field position, a big part of it, too. Stefan Flintoft. Remember, this was a guy who came in 2021. The Lions had tried to go the global route with Jake Ford out of Australia. And Stefan Flintoft uh, ended up just kind of beating him out in week three or four. I think it was in that season. He was uh, fifth in the CFL. So middle of the pack as far as uh, yards and punts and, and net and all that. But he's been much higher than that in previous years. It's good to have Flint in the fold. Another one of those uh, funny guys off the field that is... A big part of this FTC empire that is being built here, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. And one thing about Flint too, you talk about the the how he ranks in the middle of the pack for kickoffs and punts. That's one thing that he handles both duties. So that's valuable to have one guy that can handle both those duties. But another duty that he handles, and and Sean White will attest to this, that he is the best. He's Sean White says that Stefan Flintoff is the best holder he's ever had in his career. So that's yeah. high praise from a borderline hall of fame kicker if i don't say myself and sean white and um i i mean they're they're dynamic duo so i know sean's sean was definitely thrilled to have uh, flint back and i know the rest of the team is too and i'm glad you brought that part up because that's one of those things the average fan kind of takes that for granted yeah like whenever like with twitter now and social media whenever someone misses a field goal you see these people oh you have one job kicker make the kick it's like it's a lot harder than it looks. Has to be a good snap. Has to be a quick, good hold. And that's all 
part of it. Uh, long snapping is a big part of it. It's it's why we love uh, the development of Riley Pickett in that position last year and why we have an affinity for guys like Mike Benson, who did it for a long time, still doing it with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So that special teams aspect of it, all these intangibles are important when it comes to scoring points and ultimately winning football games. All right, uh, receivers. Javon Katoy, Alexander Hollins, Keon Hatcher, all signing for multiple years. We'll talk about uh, what that meant for Dom Rimes here in just a minute, because unfortunately, you have to have the odd, uh, for lack of a better term, casualty in these situations. But this Lions receiving core, even with a couple of possible losses, Lucky Whitehead still a free agent. We'll see if there's uh, an opportunity there. We're not sure. But Hatch is expected back uh, probably around the midpoint of the season, if if we're being a best case scenario, by all accounts, his recovery is going well. But Katoy, Hollins, uh, th- these are glue guys with this team. All these players have had career years, if not this year, then in 2022, uh, this offense is going to be high flying again. Yeah, and the way it's setting up is that this trio, along with Justin McInnes, at this point, that's that's the future of this receiving core at this point. And I mean, I think it's the, even with the the loss of Dominic Grimes, I still think that right at this point, right now, this receiving core stacks up against any team right now in the league. And right, a guy like Keon Hatcher, like he averaged eighty seven point six yards per game last season. No other receiver had over seventy seven. Unreal, yeah. So ten yards better than. Kenny Lawler, Eugene Lewis, Dalton Schoen, all these guys, Austin Mack that you think of as these star players, he had 10 more yards per game than any of these guys. And it was funny, I remember there was a point going into the preseason last year on online, there was some media kind of tiering uh, the best receivers in the league. So like Dominic Grimes was in the A tier, and then I think Lucky Whitehead was in the B tier, and then there was other these all these names that were in the B tier, and I'm looking, I'm trying to find Keon Hatcher on this list, and he's not there. And I'm like, yeah. he had like 1,300 yards in 20 in 2022. Never mind when he did last season. Yeah. So I, I actually brought up online. I said, why isn't Keon Hatcher being uh, mentioned in this category? Because I think he's he's arguably the best receiver in the CFL. And um, last last note about Hatcher in three playoff games, 490 yards. So he is the ultimate guy that when the when the moment gets bigger, he delivers. Yeah, and Holland's Batman, uh, one of those guys that came in and earned his spot, made the most of his opportunity. I think when Lucky Whitehead got hurt in 2022 was when Alexander came onto the scene. And Javon Katoy, further proof that good local players are out there. If they get an opportunity, if if they get in the right situation, it was Neil McAvoy that really pushed this team to bring him to camp in 2019. Ed Hervey, the general manager, said, yep, let's bring him. And sure enough, uh, they saw firsthand why this kid was so dominant uh, in the BC Football Conference with the Langley Rams, led them to a Canadian Bowl appearance, BC FC All-Star, three years, and uh, this guy has all the physical tools as well, and uh, even bigger things in store for Javon, I think. Each of the last three years, he's gotten better in all his major categories, and I expect him to hit a thousand this time around. hundred percent. I think when you, you just can look at Javon Contoy and say like, if you're a defensive player, you look at him and you're saying, we got, we got to tackle that guy. And you see yeah. it on the field the, the last couple of seasons where DBs definitely hesitate when Javon Contoy is running an open field. And I don't, I don't blame them for that matter. He is a complete beast and um, someone they value a lot with blocking too. He blocks inside the box too. So he's very valuable mm-hmm. in that aspect. And then yeah, goes for 800 yards last year, 70 yard touchdowns. Like he did just 
don't really see a guy. I can't even think in, in even in the NFL, you don't really see guys at that size displaying those kind of uh, plays in open field. So he is he is a very unique player and he's a Canadian player too. So there's an extra benefit to him and. Um, yeah, he's uh, it, people across the CFL. They 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 recognize this too, and that how unique and how uh, dangerous he can be uh, going up against them. And I have a feeling when we talk to Mister Rig Maiden that he's going to be very excited about this guy. A bit of a wild card, uh, if you will, in this receiving core, especially with Keon Hatcher out. That's a starting spot that's going to have to be filled. Travis Fulgham and uh, Vernon Adams Jr., from what we're told, is very happy about this signing, too. Philadelphia Eagles uh, played the bulk of that 2020 season, 38 catches, 538 yards, four touchdowns. And I remember this well, Sunday night football (laughs) at San Francisco. uh, He caught a long bomb from Carson Wentz. Alex Singleton had a pick six. Uh, Nick Mullins terrible for the Niners for all those who think any quarterback can just go into Kyle Shanahan's offense and light it up go watch some Nick Mullins highlights anyway I'm not going to get too off course here but uh, Travis Fulgham NFL veteran you never know with these players Uh, sometimes these guys come here and it's not a great fit happens all the time but every once in a while and the fact that he has Vernon's endorsement has me excited. I know you're jacked up, uh, a former fantasy player of yours, correct? <laughs> that was my first thought. Yeah, I definitely had him on my fantasy team in 2020. But he had 435 yards in the first five games of the 2020 season. So when you say there's an NFL pedigree to his name, I think there's a little bit of extra emphasis yeah. with that because not every guy that gets brought in has numbers like that in the NFL. So he proved that he can almost be a 100-yard game or 100-yard per game guy in the NFL for a little span there in 2020. And uh, yeah, like you said with Vernon, like he, him and Vernon were together this week in Seattle uh, just for that reason, just to meet each other, get to know each other, mm-hmm. bond a bit. So um, we've talked for on and on about how bought in Vernon is to this team. And it seems like Travis Fulgham is already at buying in at a high level to this team too, which is exciting to see also. And before uh, we uh, pay tribute to Mr. Rhymes, uh, Daniel Joseph, uh, this is one that from the outset might not jump off the page, but we're very excited to get this player a uh, fourth overall in the Canadian draft in 2021. You remember that was a bit of a funny draft. A lot of these guys had not played in 2020 due to the pandemic. So they had an extra year of eligibility. So made that selection knowing we would not see him for at least a year, went to NC state had transferred there from Penn state, uh, had made the rounds, a uh, Buffalo bills training camp, some XFL experience an edge rusher, a Canadian, a young guy. He's going to be here for a couple of years at least. Daniel Joseph, I know Neil and Ryan and Rob Ralph, who did played a big role in scouting him in that draft process. A big addition to our defensive line. And I think the way this team has churned out defensive linemen over the past couple of seasons, if if the brass likes this guy, I think that's all you really got to know about it too, right? That he's um, someone that... You see the way John Bowman and Ryan Phillips deploy defensive linemen in this defense. They like to dress nine, ten defensive linemen and not even dress them all, but they all rotate and actually get snaps throughout the game too, right? So if he can add to that that unit in this first season and, and beyond, uh, nothing but good things there. Yeah, and I'm just saying buckle up. These training camp battles are going to be intense. All right, uh, Ryan Rigmain in a couple minutes, but first... And yeah, it's the unfortunate part of the business and players get into it with that full understanding, but still it has to be tough uh, when the news comes. Dominique Rimes, uh, the club having to part ways this week. 
three seasons with the Lions, originally signed in 2019 free agency, and um, and I, we're going to talk about memories of him, Nick, uh, on the field. I, I don't know if you can pick one. Such a great contributor. Um, and I'll go back to that two-touchdown half in week one in Calgary to help really set the tone in week one in, in 2023. But um, 2020 doesn't happen. And Dom was one of those guys who was always available. Yeah, you guys need content? Sure. Uh, you guys want to talk? Sure. Like, I'm around. He was in Florida training, getting ready like a lot of other guys were. And uh, he's uh, he's going to be back with the Ottawa Red Blacks, which is good for him. I know uh, his fiance was from there and obviously has ties to that organization. But what are some of your best Rhymes memories? On the field, I think about that 2022 season was so special uh, where Mr. Headtop got born, where he was literally jumping over DBs for multiple 40-yard touchdowns. But the one that really sticks out to me is um, the first game we went to Regina in 2022. There was a play where I think it was a second and goal and the Riders rushed three. So that means they dropped nine in the coverage. And Nathan's standing in the pocket, looking, looking, looking. Like I think he had the ball for a good seven seconds and just can't find anybody to throw to. And I remember I'm, I'm he's and he's pumping the ball too because I guess he just doesn't trust his read at that point. And he's trying to scramble. And then last second, he finds Dominic Grimes over the middle. And he has that, that, that big... the one where he deflected it to himself with the one hand? I, he, or I he think he just, just like, snatched it. Yeah, yeah just, one yeah. hand with that big... Yeah. That big those big hands he has. He's also one guy that you look at his hands and you're like, this guy is yeah. not 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 like many humans because his hands are just a ridiculous size. But yeah, he snatches that ball with one hand, does a little somersault to the end zone, gets up, does that. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what the touchdown dance is called, but it was definitely a good touchdown dance, and that was one of those almost jaw dropping moments for me where I was like, that is just an extraordinary talent. The uh, touchdown dance reference reminded me, 2021, you were not with us yet. We thriller. Yeah, the, the, zombie. the Halloween one. Yeah. I think it was October the 30th, and we were at BMO Field. We, <laughs> it was a memorable loss for a couple of reasons, namely uh, the inability to kick some field goals late. But yeah, he scored in the first half and did uh, the zombie thriller thing. And yeah, great player, better individual. That's a cliche we say about a lot of guys, but wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't true. And We'll look forward to seeing Dom uh, two straight weeks, right? We'll go to Ottawa at the end of August, and then they'll come out to Victoria, touchdown Pacific. So sadly, fans at BC Place who wouldn't be attending the game on the island won't get to see Dom Rhymes, but uh, perhaps later in 2024, 2025, you never know. Crossover. So, Could happen. There you go. And very quickly, the other moment I was going crossover, yeah, Ottawa comes here for the West Final after winning in Winnipeg. Sure, something like that. Yeah. Sounds right. Dare to dream. <laughs> Speaking of Winnipeg, week three, we've talked a lot about the big win there, 30-6. to six. Rhymes was not healthy that night, but he was still there on the trip in his street clothes, uh, pumping the guys up, being very much being a part of it. And that, to me, tells you about the leader he was. So happy trails to Dom Rhymes, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. 14 free agents, uh, roughly, give or take, remaining uh, still just under a month to go before the deadline. So I expect more moves to come. Maybe by the time you're listening to this podcast, we've we've re-upped someone else, whoever. But uh, stay tuned to our uh, social channels, bclions.com, for all of the latest news and transactions. Before we bring in Ryan Rigmaiden, talk more about this busy uh, week of activity. Arrow up. We're going to launch the September recap here, I believe, on Monday morning. 
outstanding series. Again, it's all on YouTube. It's all over our social media. If you watch one of those cool clips on Instagram, just click the link in bio. Watch the whole episode. You won't be disappointed. Uh, what what do we have to look forward to? Uh, what are we highlighting in September? Well, September is objectively our best month. It was a 4-0 month. So right. the dog, if you just watched the most recent one, it would started have started with a win in Montreal, did it not? It did. And yeah. that was a big bounce back win because August was definitely the down days. We, team goes one and three. Uh, some back tough to back lo- yeah, losses, some tough losses for the first right? time. So, yeah. uh, that's kind of the point of the series too. It shows the highs when we went 3-0 and in June and then it shows the lows and we went 1-3 and in August. But September is a big bounce back. The golf tournament's also in the September episode. Um uh, David Mackey, uh, someone that organizes this tournament every year. It's it's the biggest team event every year. It is it is, is it a spectacle to see. So uh, we were documenting the first hole of that golf tournament. So that will be coming out on Monday. Um, but yeah, an exciting month. Like September, that, that's the Ottawa game, the crazy comeback, the Montreal win. Uh, then we went to Edmonton and we got seven sacks on Trey Ford, and that was a big win. Yeah. And then they come back home and blow it Saskatchewan in the Orange Shirt Day game. So yeah. Um, I'm I'm really excited for everyone to see September. Got some funny, a lot of funny moments, a lot of dramatic moments with that that Ottawa victory. So it'll be it'll be a good episode. Very much looking forward to it. That one drops Monday morning. But if you haven't caught up until then, head to our YouTube channel and uh, get a look at June, July, and August. All right, uh, we're going to talk about uh, a few other things on this episode of First and Now going along this week, this time, and why not? We've got a lot to catch up with you on. Uh, we'll do a little bit of punt or go for it. A new segment here. Very much looking forward to this. It's going to be pretty good. There's a tease for you for what I'm going to be talking about. Ryan Rigmaiden will head to North Carolina, get the assistant general manager's thoughts on his upcoming scouting calendar. Always a busy time of year in the world of player talent evaluation and talk about some of these players uh, we've hung on to this week and before that and possibly beyond. Ryan Rigmaiden coming up. And off we go now to North Carolina, BC Lions uh, assistant general manager, player personnel man extraordinaire, Ryan Rigmaiden with us. And uh, Ryan, we were kind of joking before we hit record and officially started this proceeding. Uh, it's cold in North Carolina, too, by uh, Southern standards. What is it? Plus six Celsius? Yeah, something. It's a, what, for low 40s for us. So again, this is our type of cold. It's not the kind of cold that I grew up with or the- Kind of cold that you guys are dealing with, but uh, it's still sunny and nice, but uh, it is a little bit chilly for us. Now, quickly, uh, before let's get the weather portion uh, done here because we talked about it off the top as well. Believe me, snowmageddon here in the lower mainland, but I was in Houston, Texas one time and it got to about maybe not quite as low as it was there. And the locals thought it was like the end of the world, bundled up, toques, gloves, so when it gets to when it gets down to that temperature where you are, is it a bit of a culture shock? I'll, I'll say this: you get acclimated wherever you go. So when I moved down to San Diego years ago, um, you know, I'd go surfing in shorts, and everybody next to me would be in full uh, full gear, and I'd be like, "You guys, it's you know, I grew up in Lake Water, so this is just you know, you're just used to the cold." But by the time I left, I had an electric blanket on my bed in san diego and everybody all my friends were telling me how weak i was which at the time was probably true so yeah you become acclimated but yeah we've got our toques on we've got our maybe not glove weather yet but uh you better dress for the occasion there you go uh certainly hasn't been cold uh, on a lions transaction front this week 
very exciting week. Uh, some important pieces uh, will remain, uh, specifically at the receiving position. Keon Hatcher, Alexander Hollins, Javon Katoy, all signed, all mar- all multi-year deals, which is extra exciting. Um, just uh, talk about how exciting it is to get some main pieces back to this offense, Ryan. Yeah, no, uh, those are three huge components that we'd focus you know, early on in, in our, our post-year discussions of, you know, where we want to be for, for 2024. So, you know, to add all those pieces um, and, you know, these guys are homegrown guys, you know, they're guys that we've invested in. Um, you know, there were uh, players that have come up through the, the Neglis pipeline and, you know, Neil was tremendous in, in getting Katoy uh, after the draft years ago. So, uh, they fit both on and off the field. They're tremendous human beings uh, in terms of skill level. I think you could argue that that Hollins and, and Hatcher are, are maybe the best two receivers in the CFL, uh, and they've earned that. And Katoy might be the best Canadian wide receiver in the CFL. So to get three of those guys for Vernon Adams in the offense is tremendous. I know Nick here uh, was quite excited when I gave him the name of Travis Fulgham. It's not every day we... We add a player who Nicholas here once had on his fantasy team. Many that, other, many others too. I'm many sure. other was yeah. it really was he really that much of a of a phenomenon? He he killed my 49ers that one game in in 2020. I do remember that. Uh, why should fans be excited about Mr. Fulgham joining this fold? Yeah, you know he's a he's he's an every tool player uh, like I like to call. So he he can attack the first, second, and third level of defense. He can win vertically over the top. He's got tremendous size, excellent route runner, great hands. Uh, there's a reason that we were as excited about him. And, and if I can help uh, uh, Nick win uh, some fantasy battles over you, then, then that's a win for all of us. But uh, <laughs> no, you know, as much as we love Travis and, and, and we do, uh, there's a bunch of wide receivers in this young group that we're really, really excited about. So, you know, we, we knew going in that there's going to be changes as there is every year. And there's so many changes that, um, that you have to make based on the, the totality of everything, you know, age, health, what their salary cap is, what we have coming up through the pipeline, that kind of stuff. So, you know, we had, we had to make the decision uh, with Dom Rimes um, a couple of days ago, and obviously we've seen he's already signed in Ottawa. It's hard to say goodbye to a player like that, but at the same time when you have players like Travis and some of these other young players coming in, it makes it a little bit easier. Can you just talk about some of those other players that have been brought in that excite you? Because every season we see in training camp, whether it's Alex Hollins or Manny Ragumba recently, there's always those first-year players that you immediately can tell that they have what it takes. But so far of the guys that have been brought in of these first-years CFLers, who excites you? Yeah, you know, I I, I don't want to – well, let me give you a couple, but uh, I just want to stress that there are going to be guys that, that I'm not going to mention right now that uh, are going to come in and, and surprise people. But – uh, Eddie, uh, Ed Lee from Rhode Island, Stanley Berryhill uh, from uh, from Arizona. These are both, you know, sub four or five uh, 40 guys. These guys can run. They can take the top off the defense. Uh, they're excellent in the screen uh, screen game and in the gadget game with fly sweep and stuff like that. But Milton Wright, Jalen Sample, these guys both have size. Uh, Jeff Cotton from Idaho, who we signed a couple weeks ago. We've been chasing him for years. Um, you know, John Ursua, who, you know, if you're a Seahawks fan, you probably saw him play. Uh, in Seattle for a few years, he had an injury, and and now he's here with us. Uh, Taylor Grimes from Incarnate Word uh, has been a, had an exceptional career, excellent route runner. So we are going to have absolute battles uh, in camp with these young wide receivers, and uh, as there always is, um, not just at receiver but everywhere, there, there's going to be a young player that comes in that takes the job of a vet. It happens every single year. Um, the talent that we have coming in is good enough to do that. Mm-hmm. 
Also, in, in this time of the season when you have that recruiting process and you're also gearing up to sign free agents in the, in the coming month, does having a quarterback under contract and cemented as a QB1 like Vernon Adams Jr., does that help in terms of recruiting players across the whole roster, essentially? Yeah, it's it's absolutely huge. Uh, and, and let me just say this. He, he, VA has been a huge factor in recruiting these guys, talking to them about the offense, talking about the in and outs of uh, CFL football, what the BC Lions do and what we're all about, uh, the culture up here. Um He's been huge with that. So he's been taking a very active role in reaching out to these players before they're signed and saying, hey, let me let me tell you how we do things in BC and here's what your fit is going to be. So, yeah, he's been tremendous. And, and you guys know that he's such a good teammate and uh, he does everything we ask and more. Yeah, definitely all in uh, with this franchise. You even see Vernon responding on uh, the app formerly known as Twitter. I'm not going to call it by that other name. Uh, he he's helping fans with their customer service orders. I mean this this guy I tell this guy is all in, and we're in great hands. Um, on that front, speaking of, there's going to be a lot more recruiting going on here in the next several weeks, Ryan. Um, and like we said, it's good. The priority is we're hanging on to guys, not allowing them to get to free agency. But is there a certain strategy or a certain plan uh, you guys have as far as who you might want to add to this group coming up on February 13th or even a week before that when the quote-unquote legal tampering starts? Right, yeah. You know, the the biggest thing from the personnel staff and, and the coaching staff is is adhering to our philosophy and then finding the fit, right? So there's a difference between building a team and just adding a collection of players. So, you know, part of that, a huge part of that is talking with the the coaching staff, but especially with Rick and with Neil and with Jim York, our, our U.S. director, Rob Ralph, our Canadian director of, you know, what what is the direction of our team? Are we happy with the way it's going? And then where do we add some pieces that that we feel like can win us a great cup here at home in, in 2024? So um, to answer your question, we're going to re-sign our own guys first. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got an investment at them uh, in them, and, and we feel like they're tremendous components to our team. So we're going to do that first, but yeah, will we will we be active in, in free agency? We're always going to be active. Uh, to what degree, I'm not sure yet. That'll depend on who we bring back first. Yeah, um, free agency always a good avenue uh, to fill holes and and to provide even more depth, which has always been key for uh, any football team on the championship trail. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, uh, it's not just free agency. We'll have the the d- CFL and global drafts, uh, the, the league going to announce soon that I think that's going to take place on April the 30th. But before that, you've got the East-West game with Neil. Coach Rick's down at a camp in San Diego this week. We've recently announced our U.S. free agent camps uh, in different parts of the United States. How exciting is this time of year for you? And what are the goals uh, for these camps with these more unproven talent uh, evaluation opportunities, Ryan. Right. Yeah. You're trying to find the next, you know, Adam Bigill, or you're trying to find the next TJ Lee with those camps. Um, you know, when we go to the, uh, the hula bowl that Jim and I just got back from or, or shrine game next week and, and all these other all-star games, you're, you're trying to find the next Alexander Hollins or, uh, or Keon Asher. So um, you're always looking for that next difference maker, but it could just be a significant role player too. You know, we saw, I remember seeing Richie uh, Richie Leone at the Shrine game. I don't know, maybe ten years ago now. Yeah, I'm thinking man, we're probably never going to get a guy like that. But boy, it sure would be nice. And then we bring him in. So, um, you know, you're you're always trying to get better. I don't care what position it is, and I don't care how deep you are. You're trying to find that next guy because you never know when injuries are going to mount, and you never know when you're going to need that depth. But fortunately, we've been able to do that in the, in the past few years, and and we're hoping to continue to do so. 
We got some fan questions too, right? From uh, yeah, listeners here. We, we uh, you probably you probably had some notifications on your uh, your feed the other day, so we're gonna get you grilled with questions here, Ryan. But nothing uh, nothing you're not prepared for. Um, Mark on Twitter. I think I know what he's getting at here. I mean, uh, entering this year, I think some previous starters. He mentions guys like Hollins and Sioni Tehema. Uh, ben Halatic has to be signed still. Losing guys off those entry-level contracts, what does that mean uh, as far as the process for chasing some new entry-level starters in 2024 and beyond? It makes that more important, right? Uh, basically, that's what Mark is asking. Yeah, I, I think if if I understand him right, you know, when, when players get to those second and third contracts, obviously their salary cap numbers, you know, double and maybe even triple in, in some cases. So, uh, your scouting staff had better be good. Uh, fortunately, we've got a tremendous one here. Uh, Rob Rang on the West Coast, Rob Ralph and, and Jimmy Ock, they all do a tremendous job. Neil, obviously his leadership with Rick has been amazing. So um, you better have guys coming up through the pipeline that you can replace on those entry-level contracts because in the salary cap age, you, you just can't have everybody making uh, elite money. It just doesn't work out that way. I wish I wish we could because, boy, it sure make my job a lot easier, but – um, you know, we have to go out and we have to find those young, talented players that can come in and compete right away. Uh, David Whitehead, no relation to Rodney Whitehead, I don't think. <laughs> can't, <laughs> confirm, can't confirm that. Well, yeah. you never, maybe this is his burner. You never know. Well, when I ask, when you get the question, maybe it'll make sense. Uh, David asks, uh, my question is, who will be competing uh, at the quarterback position? I'm guessing he means uh, behind Vernon Adams on the depth chart because, again, Dane Evans has retired. A great role, uh, filled that role last year to a T. Uh, Dom Davis uh, needs to be signed. Uh, we have Chase Bryce under contract. Anything you can uh, reveal there as far as the quarterback room, which was a major strength on this team last year? Yeah, uh, you know, Chase Bryce is with us, and, and Jim and I have been chasing him for years. He was a tremendous college quarterback, so he was on our practice squad all year last year. He he uh, wasn't able to come through a training camp last year, so we're excited to see what he does in training camp with a lot more reps because, as you guys know, once the season starts, it's hard for a practice squad player to, to get those kind of reps. So we're set with Chase there. Uh, we're going to add a couple of more. Uh, we will look uh, as a, at the veteran market and see what's out there. Um, we've been stockpiling the neg with, with quality quarterbacks here. So we'll see who becomes available. A lot of this is going to depend on the, the NFL draft and, and where these guys end up. But uh, uh, I think we're going to be very, very comfortable and very confident in whoever we have here. K Bev on uh, the app, formerly known as Twitter. Could you see yourself signing a player off of another team's practice squad? We actually did this a few weeks ago. Um, Lawrence Woods from the Tiger Cats, but that's always an avenue to explore as well. Yeah, no, 100%. It, it does happen. It doesn't happen very often, but it does. Um, and you can get some quality players that way. So we're, we're always going to look. But again, the players got to uh, be a fit with us. And we need to have a clear direction on on where that fit is and, and where it's going. But um, it does happen. It doesn't happen quite often, but we're always going to look. All right. You knew this one was coming. Uh, we go to Facebook again. Uh, Lori Stone, what is the plan to strengthen the running game? I did. Uh, he, we did have an interview uh, in media with Neil McAvoy a few days ago where he talked about how uh, they expect you guys expect smoke to be better this year as well. But that's always a position where you can leave no stone unturned, right? Oh, for sure. And just to echo his comments. Yeah, we, we do. You know, Smoke had really not played football for almost two years when he came in and, and won that job. So to have the average that he did and catch the, you know, catch the ball well and block as well as he did, 
uh, we were impressed with with how that went. So I think he's going to be better because the game's going to slow down for him. Usually history is kind of shown that 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 jump between year one and year two, that's going to be the biggest jump for a for a player because the game does uh, stop moving so quickly. So, yeah, we're dependent on smoke, but uh, we're not going to leave any stone unturned either. We're going to look at the free agent market, uh, the two running backs, uh, Ronald Awat and Percy Ajay Obuse, uh from JMU. These guys are talented runners, and and we're expecting big things out of them as well. So, uh, yeah, just like. Any position, we're going to try to get better. But between smoke getting better, the free agent market, and these young guys, we feel really good. All right, there's our mailbag segment. Had some good ones in there. We had to, we had to weed that one down uh, pretty good. Uh, Nick, did you have anything uh, to close out on for Mister Rigmaiden while he's in the hot seat here? Let's switch it up from football. What else? What else do you got going on in this winter? What's 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 yeah. keeping you occupied in your downtime? Let's see. I've been watching. Uh, I'm, you guys, I don't think we've ever talked about this. I'm a huge. Uh, Premier League fan. I'm a huge Liverpool fan. It's got the banner in your background for those watching this podcast. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't know that about you. You know, when uh, when COVID happened, I needed something to to watch and root for, and uh, I'd never thought I would be a a soccer fan. But man, I you know the way they uh, develop talent and how their academies work and and things like that. It's it's so different from how we scout uh, American football, and so I kind of fell in love with that process and how they do that, and then. Uh, to make a very long story short, short, I didn't know what team to root for. And my wife for Christmas that year had got me a history of the rig maiden family name and where it came from. And, and I knew a little bit, but I said, you know what, I'm going to go where the first rig maidens were found in England, hmm. whatever team's closest to that, I'm going to cheer for them. And uh, fortunately we, we got a good one. So yeah, I'm i I'm all in on Liverpool. That's awesome. I, I think, um, Family history was a project for a lot of people during lockdown. Now, you're not the first individual to uh, say that. And it's funny, remember, uh, I want to say it was the Bundesliga in Germany was the first major sport to start again in 2020, remember? Without fans. And remember, I saw highlights of a guy scoring a goal and the teammates couldn't even hug each other or embrace. They were still that. They were so concerned about all that. It was still. It so. was crazy watching the, you know, you can never hear, you know, the we we would call him a coach, but the, you know, the manager, Jurgen Klopp on, on the sideline, you, you know, you can't hear him during the game, a normal right. game. But of course, when the fans, when there was no fans there, you could hear everything. And so, you know, you're watching the game and you're hearing him yell things from the sideline. You're hearing the players communicate. And so it, it kind of took you behind the curtain uh, a little bit into something that you've never been able to see before. But uh, yeah, my family, we're all in. So we've got, uh, 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 full kits and scarves and gloves. And I mean, we're, we're all in on Liverpool. So it's, it's been, wow. Anything on Netflix, uh, Apple, any shows you're binging these days or not, not, you know, I, I'm a huge military history fan. So there's a, there's a couple of things on Netflix, uh, about world war two that I've been watching kind of on circulation. I'll always be in the background. Awesome. uh, I'm not, I'm not a huge TV guy. Uh, it'll always be something kind of history driven. A lot of football, a lot of film. Too much film you're watching. Fo- football film, yes. Okay, my friend, uh, thanks for catching up with us here. Uh, it's always a pleasure, and I can tell you fans, uh, us included, all excited about what's in store for 2024. Likewise. Good talking to you, fellas. Thanks, Ryan. All right, see you guys. Excellent stuff with Ryan Rigmaiden and uh, not just football with him, European football. 
didn't realize he was a big Liverpool fan. And yeah, I talked to both him and Neil McAvoy. They're huge military history junkies. You see Neil the odd time reading a World War II book. I think he was reading a book on Churchill, Winston Churchill at one point. So intellectual fellas running this organization. That's what you want. Well, my first thought when I hear about that is that in 2022, uh, there's a video about this because I, I got to go and document it, but we went to the Comox uh, military base, the search right. and rescue team. And the whole purpose of that uh, visit was for a leadership exchange. It was, we got to do some fun extracurriculars where uh, Dave Mackey, Dave Menard, Jacob Scarfone, and JB or James Butler, they got uh, uh, propelled out of the out of the helicopter that we were in. But the main purpose of that trip was actually to have these hour, two hour long seminars where we just, the leaders of the search and rescue team and the leaders of the BC Lions uh, football club just sat down and talked about leadership um, and how they go about it in their two different organizations. So that, I know that that aligns a lot with, with Neil and Rigman that you're just talking about. Yeah. And I can talk football with him all day long and, Planning some possible cool content with him closer to training camp. So he's always down to your Rigman. Always yeah. appreciate that. He's always <laughs> yeah. He always he's always offering up his his services, which uh, is definitely what you want to see. These guys are all in on helping the BC Lions. So that's again a very positive uh, impact on our organization. All right, switch gears a little bit. We'll have some fun. A new segment here titled "Go for It or Punt." It's, uh, yeah, we each pick a couple of topics and explain why we're going for it or punting. So we like it or we don't like it. Uh, let's start with some go for it. Uh, Nick, you lead it off. What do you like in these days? Well, with this cold weather and all the snow on the ground, I decided to binge watch some TV. I've been, I've been actually watching Mad Men right now. That's one yeah. show I'm watching. I'm, actually, I'm binging. But one show that I made appointment watching and I'm watching the show live and it just ended last week is Fargo season five. So Fargo mm. is a show, it's about, it's more like dark humor, dark crime. And it's- Heard have, great things, haven't started it, but it is yeah. It is fantastic. It's it's a little on the gruesome side sometimes, but um, it is it is a fantastic show. So this last season, I think is one of the best seasons. Uh, Juno Temple from uh, Ted Lasso is a main character. Yeah. John Hamm is a main character. John Hamm's like the he's leader. Brilliant. He's brilliant. He's, and he's yeah. a brilliant actor, right? And he plays a leader of this ranch and the season just ended. So if you're looking to watch, uh, it's 10 episodes. If you're looking to watch any TV, uh, in these kind of January, February, cold, snowy months, I would I would bundle up and watch season five of Fargo. I'd watch all seasons what, of Fargo. But what network is it on? Uh, it's not a Netflix thing, is it's it? It's on FX. They just took it off Netflix. It would yeah. be on... Because it has been... I have seen it scrolling Netflix before. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know right now. <laughs> yeah, I can very... Well, I figure you're, you're watching the show. You I was watching know. it live on FX. Yeah, okay. Got it. <laughs> but that's my go for it. Season so, five. and then a dumb, another dumb question. Is it the same premise as the movie from, third, they take, from the 90s? They take ties from it. Okay, so they, same it, idea, you, you kind can of? You tell, you can, they... Because the movie was great. I I hadn't watched it in a number of years. The stories but. are not intertwined. I also will say that each season is not intertwined, so you can pick up and watch season five and not have to know anything about the prior seasons. But they definitely take inspiration from the movies and other Coen Brother films. Got it. All right, I'm going to stick with the TV theme. Again, bit of an extended holiday. You know, the weather's kind of iffy. You're at home a lot without much to do uh, when when your kid is uh, is content to just hang out and, and play with her toys without any interference. But this is more of an evening thing because uh, I'm not watching this in daylight with kids around. But 
You ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Not uh, bits and pieces. So I, I got to get on okay, that. <laughs> so I was the same. Someone would say a Curb Your Enthusiasm reference, and I would most likely get it. Back uh, when I was just watching on regular HBO, you catch an episode here and there, but if you don't PVR it, if you don't follow it, you're kind of out of the loop. So once I heard they were announcing the 12th and final season coming up in a few weeks, yeah, I said, you know what? Let's just start this over. So I've um, I basically got through almost six seasons in a month, wow. and wow, I'd never really watched it in order before, Nick. And it's lately once you get to season four or five, it gets really good. Like I- I'm laughing my you know what off. Larry David, just a comedic genius, of course. Seinfeld co-creator. Uh, they say that George Costanza in Seinfeld was based off Larry, and you can see it when you watch it. I'm planning to be done season seven uh, by early next week. I might just catch up when the final season comes on because it's one of those where they're going to release it every Sunday, I think, through HBO and Crave, so you can only get one episode at a time. time yeah. And I'm very excited because season seven, and again, I'd, I'd only seen snippets of it before, it's the Seinfeld reunion is is part of season seven. Interesting. So, uh, hence the pretty good reference I did uh, before Ryan Rigmaiden. So... Um, any Curb fans out there, if you haven't really watched it all in full, I would say go for it. Uh, start rewatching it to prepare yourself for season 12. It's, um, even my wife the other night was like, Hey, can you turn that down a bit? There's so much arguing and yelling on this show. Like, yeah, there you go. So all right. Got, we got your TV scheduling. You got, we got homework for you listeners to check out some new television shows. What, what are you putting? I'm going to go now. Okay. Yeah. You punt. Dry January. Oh. Just can't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I'm I'm going to explain. I've done it before. I used to do, like, January to Super Bowl Sunday. Done a couple times. Yeah. But the older I get, Nick, I say everything's in moderation. So I'm, if I'm sitting at home and watching Curb Your Enthusiasm or, or watching uh, sports shows, whatever, I'll have one beer, one cocktail. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Just don't have no six. Don't have six or seven before bed, and then you know what I mean. So, uh, to those who do dry January, good for you. That's great. I'm not, not just not downplaying it or anything, but uh, that's that's kind of become like a number one topic at the dinner table. Once it is. You're gonna trendy. do. Oh, you're yeah. doing dry January. Oh, you want a glass of wine? Oh, you're doing dry January. People just automatically ah, drier January. How's that? Yeah. So, plus the 49ers are playing playoff games and uh, I might get a little stressed out. So. <laughs> Mine got ruined pretty early because I was in Winnipeg for the holidays and my I left on like January 5th and I had a, and I was a Saturday. So the Friday before we had a little going away party. Right. And uh, yeah, that ended for me early, but I never intended to. So but yeah, yeah, good for you if you do. And if you don't, plus enjoy those drinks. Plus <laughs> got a few of those Coors Lights and Hop Valley IPAs just in the fridge so it's it's got it's the right. deliveries coming to us they're they're so yeah. generous with that so shout out <laughs> to our friends at the molson coors company all right what are you punting you're going to talk some football here part i'm the back punt. in the football yeah the NFL, nfl playoffs are on i'm all into it and these overtime rules i i've never understood them i'm i'm putting them i've been putting them forever i still i know they made this recent change i still don't like them you're watching the rose bowl and that game goes to overtime and the college football has the same Overtime yeah. rules of CFL. And you're watching that Rose Bowl game. Michigan scores, but Alabama gets a chance to answer. They don't. Michigan stops them, and the better team wins, right? Or the better team in that game wins. Yeah. So Buffalo, one 
I, I saw this theory online right now. You remember the reason that the NFL changed the overtime rule to in the playoffs, the team does get the ball back after yeah. a touchdown is because in that crazy Buffalo well, Kansas City say, game. I had to refresh this. The Bills complained about the rules because they didn't get a chance against Kansas City after that Kansas time. City scored. Yeah. So can you imagine Buffalo and Kansas City are playing this week? I still don't like these rules and how they do it. I still think it should be like just I, I, they should just adopt the CFL and college rule, in my opinion. I think it's by far the superior rule. But can you imagine a situation this weekend, Buffalo and Kansas City playing? If if Buffalo goes, they go to overtime. Buffalo wins the coin toss, gets the ball first and scores. But but it's not Kansas over. City gets the ball back, and, goes down and scores. Okay, and yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you. Here's what I firmly believe: the NFL is not going to rip off the CFL in college overtime rule. They're just not. It's the NFL. But they should. It's, just, yeah, it's a more fair rule. Saying, it's the NFL. They're arrogant enough to say, "Ah," oh, and and I'll tell you what. You talk to some football purists, they don't love the CFL and college rule because, you know, it takes out the clock. Some argue it's too easy to score, which I, I, I agree. Move back to the fifth, maybe move back to midfield. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, and I'm glad you brought this up. I would have been fine with the NFL not giving in to the Buffalo request because there was that famous Chiefs Bills game two years ago like we've talked about. Some people say, and that it's karma. Buffalo had 13 seconds to stop Kansas City from forcing overtime. They, yeah. don't, they don't squib kick it. They don't kick it short of the end zone. That's kind of on you, Buffalo. But um, before that, there was, a, there was also, remember Mahomes' first AFC championship where they lost to the Patriots in overtime? Yeah. And New England got the ball, came down, scored a touchdown, it was over. There was outrage after that. Oh, how does Patrick Mahomes not get the opportunity in overtime? Well, it's a team sport, and I think his defense had three chances on third down to stop New England. Couldn't do it. Like, I, I think like, one, once it goes to overtime, though, just make it make it an even playing field. Don't don't let a coin toss significantly. So what do you do? Outcome. Like, okay, so what happens if okay, let's use your Bills example. So Buffalo wins the toss. Josh Allen leads a touchdown drive. Kansas City gets a chance. Tie. You just gonna keep playing for six hours? It's like, probably, it's probably like, not gonna come down to that. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with the change. It's but I I was also. I, People people react to one or two incidents. Like if it wasn't if it wasn't Josh, if it was just say if it was Brock Purdy, would people be outraged if he never got a chance in overtime? Probably not. The way like look at look at hockey though. The way hockey does it in the playoffs, where it's just play until the next goal is scored, play until a team has an advantage over a team, essentially, right? And I think that's how it should be determined when when everything's on the line. Yeah, football. Yeah, I mean. Football's a little different, you know, when you look at the physical punishment that these guys take and, you know, there's weather. Yeah, I that Bills-Chiefs game, I, I'm jack for that one, by the way. All week, so, yeah. You got some predictions for this weekend? Yeah, Test let's do it. I, I, was, I actually tweeted mine last week, and uh, they were terrible, so I'm surprised no one yeah, came I, out Yeah, I, I, I only batted an even 500 last week. <laughs> I had Pittsburgh. That was yeah, not good. I did not think. I was buying into the Cleveland hype. I, I had that Joe Flacco going back to Baltimore thing in my head already. I had right? Pittsburgh going to Baltimore in my head. No. <laughs> no, once TJ Watt was out, it's like, ah, I don't think so. But all right, what are you liking? Uh, so the home team's kind of, uh, I think they did pretty well last week, right? Everyone but Dallas won. Yeah. Yes. 
That, that means chalk, and uh, I am going completely chalk this week. I have the four, the four home teams winning, so that's Baltimore. You don't think one road team's going to pull this off? Really? You're going to hate this, but if you if you put a gun to my head and said pick a road team, I'd pick Green Bay, but I still don't <sighs> have much confidence in them. I think Baltimore, Buffalo, it's San funny. Fran, and Detroit are going to win. Okay, so you're going Ravens, Bills, Niners, Lions. <laughs> or KC or Let Packers. Me stop you for a second. Kind of Let me stop you for a If there's one road team... Nothing against San Fran. It's no, more about Green Bay. <laughs> last week, no one was giving Green Bay a shot. Well, Dallas, Nobody. Is the wagon. Dallas is the wagon. They were. <laughs> no one was giving Green Bay a shot, and now it's, oh, Green Bay. Oh, okay. All right. Jordan Love's playing at an MVP level. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. It just, they just seem, they have that the Niners are not Dallas, them. but okay. So I'm going to, I, I don't want to be boring here, but. <sighs> I would flip flop to the Chiefs, too. I'm going Ravens, Niners, Chiefs. And Lions. Uh, Buffalo's got some injury yeah. troubles. That's the that's the product of them getting delayed till Monday, right? Um, on who else can echo this, but on Christmas Day, I watched that Chiefs-Raiders game, and I, I thought the Chiefs were going to cruise through Las Vegas, and they showed nothing from the first play, and I told myself I do not believe in this team anymore, so I picked Miami last weekend, and that's why I'm going with Buffalo. Oh, God. <laughs> you, picked, you picked Miami last weekend? I th- after that Vegas game, I thought there was no way Casey yeah. <laughs> makes any noise. It was pretty bad. They, yeah. they confused me. I, I, I have no read on them. Something about uh, the strength of Kansas City runs through their defense now. That's, that's a Pacheco guy, That's too. a top one, two defense remaining in these playoffs i think it's going to be not going to be quite as cold but it's going to be cold it might be, points might be at a premium in this one this might be like a 2017 type game 24 20 maybe i'm not sure what the over under is but i'd be inclined to take the under um with buffalo i know they did beat kansas city in the regular season but but this is different you know what 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 Buffalo team shows up? Is it the team that barely beat New England in week 15 or lost to New England did they not earlier? Well, they barely they haven't lost in 9 weeks. Did they lose to them at the start of the year? Yeah. I can't remember. I can sure tell we've did. done lots of show prep here. <laughs> I'm pretty um, positive they did lose to New England. The Chiefs them. are Buffalo's nemesis and I have no reason to think that's going to change easily. So but. Yeah, I'll go with Kansas City as my lone road team and I'll tell you what, I I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay keeps their run going. That's my most confident Tampa pick Bay, is Detroit. If you look at the line of scrimmage and being physical, I think Tampa Bay can match Detroit pretty good. Vita Bay, yeah. Right? They, they, they got a lot of experience too, right? The All Lions, guys, they just won yeah. their first playoff game in 32 years. They're high on themselves. They haven't, you know, I, we'll see. I think the Lions are just going to put up 35 and Tampa can't compete with that. That's kind of my theory with that home field, right. all of that. So that's my most confident pick is Detroit. So we just gone straight up here. I'm not getting into the whole point <laughs> spread thing. I mean, um, Detroit by double digits. I think Baltimore by double digits too. I love CJ Stroud yeah. and all that, but Baltimore is, they got a vengeance coming. They've been waiting for this one. Yeah, that's, um, I could see Houston keeping that close for three quarters and maybe Baltimore pulls away. So, all right. Give me a great weekend. Yeah, this is uh, the best weekend most most of the time, right, in, in the National Football League. So you were at the Canucks game on Thursday night. I guess my invite got lost in the mail. Saw a few of you guys uh, having fun there. It was good for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was... Um, <laughs> you want to get into why I went? <laughs> yeah, you... Yeah, we I all... Won, I won a contest. Brent Frid won the contest. Brent Frid always wins those things, right? It's luck of the draw. He's a lucky guy. 
How's his hair looking, Brent Fridge? Peaky blinders, yeah. yeah. Right. If anyone, this is actually a good thing to bring up. So if I actually seen yeah. some comments on this online before where someone says, who's that guy that looks like Santa Claus on BC Lions sidelines? Colonel lines? Sanders. Yeah, yeah, Colonel Sanders yeah. with the big white goatee and the white, long white hair. <laughs> so if you've seen that guy on the sideline for the BC Lions, he showed up, to, that's Brent Frid, uh, one of our equipment managers, and he showed up to our Christmas party completely clean shaven and with a black like Peaky Blinders style. And he said that's the inspiration for the haircut the slick back kind of mohawk and i yeah. i didn't recognize him at first but it's a, it's a great haircut i love that he's pulling it off and but that that look is gone now for the sideline yeah to take people kind of behind the curtain he showed up it was our christmas party when yeah we first saw and everyone's kind of all night long everyone's kind of yeah brent frid looking good talk of the night yeah looking young yeah i'm just kidding around i i, I never have luck of the draw in those things maybe one day we shall see um canucks very exciting this year though Cup run? You're asking if if they'll go on a cup run? I'm hoping uh, so. Yeah, I <laughs> I saw a quote from the Coyotes coach last night saying that that was the best team they had played. Like as far as structure and and execution, that's a word you hear a lot since Rick Tockett took over. Structure. I mean, yeah. Uh, this this could be one of those funny years where it's wide open and. I'm not sure how much home ice advantage helps in the hockey, in the Stanley Cup playoffs anymore. A lot of these arenas are the same now. But yeah, that arena is going to be jacked for that first playoff game. We haven't had a playoff game here in nine years. Yeah, it's been a minute. Outside of the the bubble in 2020. So Need some parades here this year. And I just thought about this. We're in Toronto in week one, June 9th. Yeah. What if the Canucks and Leafs are in the Stanley Cup final? Are we getting (laughs) ahead of ourselves? Probably. We'll be able to move in that city. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll be hanging out at Maple Leaf Square in our Canuck jerseys on the Saturday night before <laughs> playing the Argos on a Sunday. So, yeah, I, uh, I I could see this team winning a couple of rounds in the playoffs. Uh, you could see them stubbing their toe. Boston Bruins, most wins in history last year, out in the first yeah. round. So Yeah, I will say, though, I'm all in on the Canuck this year. I love supporting yeah. them. Got to support our fellow Vancouver teams. Uh, they're Absolutely. a ton of fun to go to, so... I'm, I'm I'm all in. Right going now. to see the Canucks in Vegas in early March, so that that's gonna I'm ex, I'm more excited for that game now because of how good they've been, and uh, yeah, that's right on all the teams in the market. Uh, Whitecaps announcing their schedule recently. Lionel Messi coming to town, expected to with Miami. So uh, go back to that weekend in November, Western semifinal over Calgary. Uh, the Caps unfortunately couldn't get it done in their playoff game, but the Canucks also played and won a game against Dallas on the Saturday night right after we had won this as a sports city, this can be exciting when all of these teams are well, and we wish the Canucks all the luck in the world. All right. We're all caught up. That was fun. Yeah. Well, it's been a month, been a month. A yeah. Th- a lot to talk about first. And now be sure to subscribe, rate, leave and review. I'm at bakes takes 84 on the app, formerly known as Twitter. He is at Nick underscore Kowalski on the same app. Be sure to uh, listen to all of our episodes again on uh, YouTube and Apple, Spotify, Google, Simplecast, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll tell you what, by the time we talk to you next, we'll probably have some more transactions to break down. So first and now, your official BC Lions podcast. <laughs>